everybody, greetings from the south coast of Ireland and welcome to the Amazing Me, Amazing You podcast. I'm Steph Oeth. Today's podcast is the third in the three-part series on feelings in which I share the key practices that have dramatically changed my relationship with my feelings. And these are concepts that I first heard and began to practice 15 years ago and yet I am still practicing them and still benefiting from them on a daily basis in all my relationships. So in the first podcast in this series, I share how I learned that all our feelings make sense. And when we sit with our feelings and allow ourselves feel them, rather than ignore them or wish they'd go away, we create an incredible opportunity to understand the wisdom behind our feelings. And this practice alone has changed my relationship with my feelings completely because I was somebody who used to mask or dismiss or deny many of my uncomfortable feelings, in particular anger. I never ever expressed anger at that time of my life. However, now through this amazing practice of embracing all my feelings, I have a wonderful sense of freedom to feel all my feelings. In the second podcast of this series, I share how I learned that all my feelings are my creation. They come from me and they are for me. So when I began to own my feelings as my creation, well, the relationships I had found most challenging for many years, they immediately began to heal and deepen. And this is a hugely powerful practice. In today's podcast, the third in this series, I share how I learned to communicate consciously. In other words, I learned how to express how I'm feeling with kindness and confidence and love and also with compassion while being authentic and most importantly, while speaking my truth without blaming anyone for how I was feeling. So at this stage in my relationship studies program, I had already been practicing embracing all my feelings as wise and worthy of my attention and really allowing myself feel all my feelings without judgment and instead feeling them with a curiosity. Also, I had been practicing embracing all my feelings as my creation coming from me and for me. And these two practices laid the foundation for practicing what I was about to learn next. And that was how to consciously communicate, how to share how I was feeling while honoring and owning them as my creation and without blaming someone else for making me feel any of my upset feelings. This practice of conscious communication has incredibly transformed so many relationships in my life. And what was amazing for me, and still is, is how immediate I feel the difference in my relationships when I communicate consciously. The relationships I had struggled with for years with people who I believed were just simply rude or inconsiderate or annoying, they all began to soften and deepen so fast it was remarkable. So the biggest learning moment for me in communicating consciously 
was being introduced to the tiny, single-letter, hugely powerful word, I. I remember sitting in the classroom and being asked to practice speaking from a place of I instead of you. And for me, I had never even heard of an I message other than I know I'm right or I don't care, both hugely defensive responses to any conflict or challenges. And other than these, I really wasn't familiar with the I message. And I sat there in disbelief, wondering, could this tiny word seriously make that much of a difference to my relationships? And I really doubted it. But through my practice, I can say that, yes, the answer is a big, huge yes. Using this small word, I, is hugely powerful in our communication and in our relationships. At first, it felt like I was learning almost like a new language, as so many of my thoughts and my words were laden with you, he, she, they messages, and not a single I message. I had been very comfortable for all the previous years blaming everyone for making me feel a whole range of upset feelings. And I would have regularly thought or said things like, he's driving me nuts, or he's so rude, or she really annoys me. And one that I remember that I used to say was, she drives me crazy the way she talks about people behind their backs. Which, in hindsight, that was exactly what I was doing myself by talking about this person. And then one in particular that I really cringed at once I became aware of it was that I was quite comfortable saying, she's a bitch. At one stage in my life, I actually thought it was okay to speak about someone like that. And especially when there was a whole group of us all agreeing with one another. And again, in hindsight, I realized that, of course, it was I was doing the bitching. I was doing the name-calling and speaking about someone like that so unkindly behind their back. There really wasn't a single I message in sight. And this practice does work because nowadays with ongoing practice, really seriously ongoing practice, daily, daily, breath-by-breath practice, I will most often be in a place to observe myself, own my feelings and speak from a place of I. Now, not every time I am still practicing and still learning. And only this morning I said, you've made a mess of the kitchen instead of an I message, which would have been much more powerful if I had said, I need you to clean up the kitchen. But most often I will share how I feel using an I. So it just takes practice, but the practice is so worthwhile. So now my language might include words like, I feel disrespected, I feel ignored, I'm feeling tired, I need some help, I need some fresh air, I feel labelled and I don't want to be labelled, I am not happy being spoken to like this. So it really is about rephrasing what we want to say when we want to blame someone for making us feel angry or upset or tired. And owning our feeling, bringing it back to ourselves and using an I message. And it's so much more powerful. And my relationships have been transformed with the use of this tiny word. Because the I message, that practice caused me to pause before I speak. And at the beginning, when I started this practice... And you might find it yourself. I really had to concentrate hard. I had to rehearse the words in my head before I uttered them. 
I'd have to take a moment to gather my thoughts and my feelings and notice them and then own them and say, okay, how do I rephrase what I'm feeling by owning my feelings and carefully choose my words? And even then I'd have to run over them in my mind a few times to check if my message was going to be kind and loving and authentic. Because at the beginning, I began using an I message, but really the you message was only disguised in there. So say, for example, the kitchen this morning, if I said, I oh, you've left the kitchen in an awful mess. At the start, I would have said, I think you've left the kitchen in an awful mess. So the message, the you message was still there. I was just kind of wrapping an I message around it. And that wasn't authentic either. So it's much more authentic for me to try to remove the yous completely and entirely from my sentences and say, I need the kitchen cleaned up now. And it's just straightforward, simple, and it's not blaming anyone for making me feel frustrated or irritated seeing the kitchen messy. And I remember in those early days of practicing the I message, seeing my family just looking at me expectantly when my typical quick you response wasn't coming from me. They were waiting for my new I response and they'd have to wait while I was rephrasing what I wanted to say while owning my feelings. And it did take a while, but it was so worth it because I would come out with a far more loving and kinder and uh, authentic message than a message that was cross and irritated and blaming. And what I did learn was that when I am blaming others for making me feel upset or annoyed or irritated or frustrated, any of those feelings, I can't possibly communicate with self-awareness and with compassion. I cannot communicate consciously because instead I communicate with judgment and from a place of blame and complain. However, as soon as I begin to practice the I message, which was totally new for me, I couldn't believe how the challenging relationships I had struggled with for so long, so many years, and I had just accepted them as a part of normal life, you know, that ah, some relationships are like this. But these, these particularly challenging relationships began to soften and deepen with every new conversation and the difference was of course me I was using I messages I was owning my feelings as my creation I was taking full responsibility for how I was feeling I was sharing how I felt using an I message the change was incredible and so that day in class, when we were asked if we could start practicing replacing you messages with I messages, I immediately thought of a friend I could practice. And I thought, OK, here's a great opportunity to practice conscious communication. So this friend of mine was always late, always, always. Whatever we had arranged to do, morning, noon or night, they were always, always late, without exception. Now, it wasn't that they were late by 10 minutes. They were typically 20 or more minutes late. And I loved meeting them, but there were times when I felt seriously annoyed and hugely frustrated with their timekeeping. And I typically, I think I moved through a whole range of emotions depending on how late they were. You know, so say for the first 10 minutes, I'd feel, yeah, fine, very comfortable. You know, I don't mind waiting 10, 12 minutes for anybody. And then after 10 minutes, I begin to feel slightly annoyed, but also not surprised to be kept waiting by this person 
And then after 15 minutes of checking my time regularly, I start giving out in my own head about, oh my goodness, this is their typical awful timekeeping. And then when it went beyond 20 minutes, I usually started a rant again in my head, feeling resentful for being kept waiting yet again. And I'd be talking to myself, giving out about how rude and inconsiderate and disrespectful they were. And then they'd eventually arrive with a big smile and a breezy apology. And I'd, I'd be fuming and I'd be blaming them 100% for making me feel so frustrated. And I would meet them with only you sentences. And, you know, our conversation might start with me saying, you're late again, or you're the worst timekeeper I know, or your timekeeping is so shocking. So with all these you messages, I never thought for a moment that my frustration and my upset was anything to do with me because it was they were making me upset. So when I brought this example to class, I was already in the practice of owning all my feelings as my creation. It was all still very new to me though. But I understood that my irritation then must have been my creation. And I thought, okay, if my irritation is coming from me and it's for me, how does that even make sense? So my first step in practicing conscious communication was to take my focus and my attention off my friend and bring my attention back to myself and to how I was feeling. So I wondered with an open mind and a gentle curiosity, because I had a tendency to, you know, try to figure it out with an impatience. So I just thought, okay, sit with it, Steph, gentle curiosity. How could this irritation be from me and how could it be for me? How was my feeling of annoyance calling me to take action for myself? So my starting point was my typical old reaction of blame. So I began with, you know, this friend is making me feel so annoyed and so irritated. This feeling has nothing to do with me. How could it be? It's there making me feel annoyed. It's there making me wait. And as soon as I said that, I had a light bulb moment and I realized, oh my goodness, they are not making me wait. I am choosing to wait. That was an incredible moment for me when I realized, oh my goodness, my feeling of irritation is calling me to take action for myself. I have a choice how I respond to my friend being consistently late. I have a choice in how long I'm happy to wait, if any length at all. And when I thought about it, I realized I'm actually happy to wait for any of my friends, you know, 10, 12 minutes. But I did realize also that after that, I did begin to feel frustrated. So in order to take action for myself, I made a promise to myself that, okay, from now on, I won't wait longer than 10 or 12 minutes. So the next time I'd arranged to meet with my friend, I brought my book anticipating I'd be waiting. And I read for the first while. And then I called them when it was about 10 minutes after our arranged time. And when they picked up their phone, they just said, oh, they were about to just leave the house, which was a 10 minute drive away anyway. And I paused and I took a moment to think about, okay, how am I feeling? And what do I want to say? What's my message? What's my I message? Because before this new learning, 
my response would have definitely been a you-laden message. You know, you're unbelievable. You haven't left the house. You're going to be so late. But this time, okay, I was practicing only my feelings and communicating consciously. I wanted to use an I message. And I said, I'm actually going to head home now because I don't want to wait any longer. No you message in sight. And their response was, ah, would you ever relax? Which I noticed to myself, there's a you message. Continuing with, you only have 10 more minutes to wait. And I thought, that's another you message. And I reminded myself in that moment, okay, I do have a choice here. I can choose to wait another 10 minutes if I like, or I can choose to head home. It was 100% up to me. My feelings were for me. They were coming from me and they were calling me to take action for myself. And I chose me. I held firm my boundary, my brand new boundary that I was practicing, which I'm going to cover more on in the next podcast, a whole podcast on boundaries because I find them fascinating. And in that moment, I consciously communicated clearly and warmly, no, I'm heading home now. I'm happy to rearrange for another time. And that was my first experience of practicing all that I had learned around feelings to date. And it felt so good. Fast forward 15 years and I am still practicing. I am still practicing speaking from a place of I and conscious communication. And I know that every time I choose an I message, I'm creating a more loving, authentic connection with my family and friends or whoever I'm speaking with. And a week doesn't go by without someone sharing with me how impactful the I message has been on their relationships, on their family well-being and on their lives in general. So this single one letter word makes a dramatic difference in all our relationships. And recently, one of the amazing women I work with was telling me how she was really struggling in her relationship with her 16-year-old son. And he had been getting into trouble in school the last few weeks, and he had now been suspended. She said the only conversations they were now having were angry and upsetting for them both. She said she knew that every conversation she was having in the last few weeks had been filled with you messages, like, you're an awful fool, you're a disgrace, you're stupid, you're making a mess of your life, you're going to get a name for yourself, you're wrecking my head, and more. And his response every time was to shout back or fight back with a load of you messages. You're always giving out to me, you think you know everything, you never listen to me, you don't even care. You're only worried about what the neighbours will think. She was heartbroken and she felt their relationship was breaking down. She really, really deeply wanted to be able to use an I message, but said she just didn't know how or where to start. And I asked her, can you see your feelings as your creation? And her first response was, well, no. He's upsetting me. Sure, if he wasn't getting into so much trouble, I wouldn't be upset. And then we looked back at what we had already learned on previous weeks. And we remembered how that as long as we stay stuck blaming someone else for our feelings, we can't begin to communicate consciously. And I messages will stay out of our reach. 
And then she said, well, I know I could say, I feel you're making a mess of your life to him, but I know from what we've already learned that that's a you message wrapped inside an I message. And she was absolutely right. That is so true. And it was so insightful of her. And so then we remembered, okay, when we want to practice conscious communication, our first step is to take our focus and our attention off the other person, which for her was her son, and bring our attention back to ourselves and how we are feeding. So she sat there and she sat with her feelings a little longer. And I asked her, can you tell me what are you feeding for you? And she looked at me and said, what am I feeling for me? I said, yeah, bring it back to yourself. So take your focus off your son, bring it back to you and ask, what's the wisdom behind these feelings? What's coming up for you? And there was silence and her eyes filled up. And she said, I feel I'm messing up as his mum. I feel I've made some big mistakes for him to be acting this way. And he's a really clever guy and he has so much potential. And I wonder what have I done wrong that he's getting into so much trouble. I was in awe of her, of her deep self-awareness and how she could so clearly and honestly name her feelings. So I asked, okay, if you were your own best friend, what would you say to yourself now? And there was another silence. And then she said, I'd say, don't be so hard on yourself. You're a great mum. You're doing your very best. And I asked, so what actions are your amazing feelings calling you to take for yourself? And without hesitation, she said, yeah, to be kind with myself, not to be beating myself up, but to be my own best friend. And I asked, anything else? And she sat quietly, thinking about it, before saying, yeah, to forgive myself for the mistakes I've made. There was complete silence in the room and a nodding of heads because we could all identify with these feelings, these feelings of guilt and worry and fear and how we can all be so hard on ourselves and unforgiving when what we need most is to be our own best friend, to love ourselves unconditionally and forgive ourselves for the mistakes we've made, knowing we are always doing our best. After a few moments anyway, I asked, I said, look, what would you like to say to your son? What would you like him to hear from you? And she said, I just want him to know I love him. And I want him to know I think he's a great young man. And 
I want him to know that I will support him in any way I can. It was a profound moment. And I said to her, you know what? You know what you want to say to him. Just go and say it. And she left the class that day determined to make a difference, to speak her truth and to practice the I message. And the following week, she skipped into class and I just said hello to the group and she said, can I just say something before we begin? And she said, it works. The I message works. This whole feelings practice works. So she had gone home and when she stepped in the front door and saw her son, she could see from his face that he was expecting her to give out to him again and get back into the same fight. And she said just seeing his face and the look on his face, she felt so sad because she saw that he was waiting for her to attack him again verbally. But instead, this time, instead of giving out, she stopped and she looked at him and she held his gaze and she said, I love you. I think you're a brilliant young man and I'm here to support you as your mom in any way I can. And she said instead of the usual fighting and flinging of you messages at one another, he just stood there quietly looking at her for a few moments and then just said, thanks mum. And she said so much happened in that tiny exchange that she felt they were finally connecting with one another again. And she said she had felt calm and nervous and excited, but that mostly she had felt loving and solid in herself. And she had felt in charge of her feelings. And she felt for the first time ever that she had owned her feelings and understood her feelings and spoken from a true place of I. So I invite you to begin to observe how you communicate and how you share how you're feeling, how you speak with your family and friends and everyone and just begin to notice whether there are lots of you, he, she, they messages or I messages. And when we practice the I messages as our primary way of communicating how we feel, it has a hugely positive impact on our relationships, our sense of well-being, our family well-being and our lives. So just begin to notice and then begin to practice replacing the you, he, she, they messages with the far more powerful and empowering I message. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I hope it inspires you to practice owning your feelings as your creation and to look for the wisdom behind your feelings and to practice sharing how you feel using the all-powerful, amazing I messages. 
I would love for you to share this podcast with others who you think might enjoy it and enjoy the message in today's podcast. Wishing you a beautiful day of self-love practice. Namaste. Thank you.